You wanted the best. <laughs> Wait, damn it. What is it? You asked for the best. You wanted the best. You asked for the best. Well, now we're going to give you the best. The greatest band in the world. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to tonight's Sunday Wind Down Show. It's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday Wind Down Show here at the Frumis Channel. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, my original intentions for this show were not to be entirely Kiss-centric. It was more going to be a compare and contrast show, and I decided that instead that I needed to make it more about Kiss. We're still going to discuss the uh, initial prompt that I put out onto social media a few days back, um, but I think more importantly, I want to talk about Kiss because, um, I don't know, in the past day, Watching some of the footage, I have had an immense, an immense change of heart about Kiss, or at least about the end. You know this this ending of Kiss and MSG and you know all this stuff, right? Um, how you doing, Ravner? Welcome to the, to tonight's show. But um, before I get there, before we get there, let's just quickly review kiss for a minute or at least kisses as i'm gonna review i'm gonna sorry i'm going to uh review kiss as it relates to me um or qualify my where i stand with kiss personally we've we've done a little bit about kiss on the channel not too much not too much so um so the the thing about kiss is i i don't dislike kiss I can't consider myself, I'm not a KISS fan, per se. Like, I'm not I'm not a fan of KISS, but or I'm a casual fan of KISS. I like I like a handful of KISS songs a lot. And I'm I will say that Detroit Rock City is one of my favorite films of all time. And for years I used to lament that Detroit Rock City was a KISS movie. I wish it was kind of like about the Ramones. And I was like, ah, you know, it's about Kiss. Like, that's kind of lame. But, you know, that's when I also realized that Love Gun is like an incredible song. The opening credits of Detroit Rock City. Uh, Kevin's in the audience. How you doing, Kevin? Kevin says, I saw the final Kiss tour a few years ago before the pandemic. Right. Because it started back before the pandemic, before everything. It started in 2019, right? They were supposed to finish in 2020 or 2021, and um, that that sort of extended things. And, you know, I'm kind of glad because, you know, this is kind of apropos. Well, it's sort of apropos. It's bittersweet. I will tell you, it's kind of bittersweet. It's a mixed bag um, because of what Kiss ended up doing, which is a very Kiss thing to do. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of the apple cart here for a minute. Let me just, again, I want to qualify where I stand with Kiss. So I think Kiss is incredibly cheesy. Uh, I really can't get into most of their music. There is some Kiss stuff that I really enjoy. I've talked before here. I love the song Black Diamond. think it's an incredible song. Love Gun, I think, is an incredible song. I love Detroit Rock City. I love rock and roll all night. Um, there are some songs that I think are goofy but fun, like Shout It Out Loud, Dr. Doctor Love, um, Lick It Up is just super goofy and super fun. Um, so they kind of like, they really straddle that line for me. I could never, you know what it is? 
I can enjoy Kiss, but I could never take Kiss seriously. I could never take Kiss seriously in the way that I take the Misfits or even Glenn Danzig seriously. And even still with with cranky Uncle Glenn, you know, I, I mean, I take I take Danzig seriously, but I also think the fact that Glenn Danzig takes himself seriously is also what makes him so like wonderfully goofy in a variety of ways. So it's like, it's like, that's like a mixed bag, but for kiss, it's so incredibly goofy to me that, or it's so incredibly like campy and, 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 and funny and whatever it's fun, but it's like, it's not something I can like take seriously. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it, but I will say, that movie Detroit rock city is a masterpiece. Uh, it is a coming of age classic and uh, it's not something I talk about a lot in here, but yeah, like since like ever since that movie came out, like I've always been a diehard fan of that film. And so I guess you could say that I've, I grew to appreciate kiss through the, watching that movie and loving that movie you know, again, it would be kind. I think it would be kind of cooler if that movie was about like the Ramones, but like whatever. You know, it's about Kiss. It makes sense that it would be about Kiss. If that was the movie takes place in 1970 at the height of Kiss's fan, of course it's going to be about Kiss. It wouldn't, couldn't be about any any other band. Uh, Jody Ramone is here. How you doing, Jody? Uh, Kevin says Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park is a very serious one. That's true. I've never actually seen that. I think maybe. Maybe we're going to have to do a watch along of Kiss Meets uh, the Phantom. Uh, Black Phillips says, I'm a massive uh, fan of Stan Paul Stanley's egregious flamboyant behavior. Me too. Absolutely. That's, that, is, that is delightful to me. Okay? Truly delightful. So, like I said, handful of Kiss songs. Uh, I appreciate I, and I appreciate the concept. You know, somebody in, somebody in the comments of one of the posts that I put up said, you know, Kiss you know, Gene, what Gene Simmons said about kiss is, is crystal clear. Like we're not, we're not music. We're entertainment. And that, I think that's crystallized in my realization in the last 24 hours as to how I should feel about their final show and all this stuff and whatever, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And that's another thing. Paul Stanley in the decline of Western civilization too is a chef's kiss. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> it is, it's so wonderful to see Paul Stanley, uh, surrounded by beautiful, beautiful women lying on a bed, talking to the camera. Uh, okay. Apparently according to Ravner, there is a riff tracks for kiss meets phantom of the park. Oh no, that would be awesome to get a hold of. Wait, if riff tracks. Yeah. Oh, well, we could do our own riff tracks. Okay. I didn't understand that, that question. All right. So, so that's. That's number one. That's part one of this. Now, uh, it uh, for some, I knew that the end of the road was coming. I knew that they were finishing up at Madison Square Garden, and I knew that they're finishing up in the year 2023 instead of the year 2020 or whatever, which again, to go back to what I was saying about being apropos, that's perfect, man. 50 years. How could you be a band for almost 50 years and finish in 2021. It's not like, like the reason why they're, they're finishing up is because they're old. They're, they're incredibly old. They're in their seventies wearing heavy gear, still doing this. They can't sing. They need to rely on all oh, shit. Oh my God. Fucking hell. I just spilled fucking seltzer all over my keyboard. Shit. Well, that fucking sucks. All right. Well, that's why I keep the computer on a riser. 
damn. You know, you know what I did? You know what the mistake was? I put two seltzers out. I never, I always keep one seltzer over here, but because I have all this stuff on my desk, I put two seltzers. I moved the second seltzer was moved in the middle and then my hand knocked it. That's what happened. How about that? Well, hopefully this keyboard's okay. Oh shit. I don't know what I just did. I don't know what I just did. I just did something. Oh, I just took it off a of dark mode. Oh crap. Motherfucker. 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 Let's just unplug it. How about that? Uh, there we go. Okay. Now we're now we're back to normal, I guess. Okay. Mm. Still got mouse action. I just can't do any typing. Though I do, don't like seeing this bright screen. All right, all right, all right. Enough, 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 enough. Back back to the thing. Back to the thing. So, uh so I right. So 2023, it's like if you're if you're a band for almost 50 years, it would be so lame. I think it would be lame for you to stop at like 49 years or 40s. Like, come on, just push it to 50. They weren't, like I said, that's what I was saying that they, they weren't do They weren't quitting because some, there was some, uh, uh, thing, uh, uh, there was some inevitability of somebody's like ailing sickness. We're like, we have to stop because so-and-so there was no tragic thing. They were deciding to hang it up, which is, Again, all things considered, admirable. Even even if maybe they're hanging it up a little bit too late. Maybe they should have hung it up 20 years ago. They uh, almost hung it up 20 years ago because they almost did a fa- they did a farewell tour 20 something years ago and then they decided, "Ah, you know, that era of Kiss." We were saying what what Paul Stanley said was, uh, actually we're saying goodbye to that era of Kiss." So that era of Kiss is closed and now we've started a new era. So we're actually this is a fair so so to be accurate, to be entirely accurate. How about this? Hot take for you right now. Hot take for you right now. The farewell tour that featured the original lineup with Peter Chris and Ace Freely, um, those were indeed the final Kiss shows. Though that was a farewell to the band Kiss. Then they started a new era, and what we just saw was the farewell of the new era band Kiss. So technically, the two farewell tours can can coexist in that kind of way. We both know that's not the case. We both know that's kind of a bullshit cop out thing to say. But if you know, if you want to get like really semantical about it, you could say that. So that's what we'll say. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um. So yeah, twenty twenty three. It's like yeah, it makes sense. It's like you started in seventy three, finished in twenty twenty three. What's a couple more years? What's a couple more millions of dollars? you know, to just finish up when it's time to finish up. Right. So, so I, I thought that made sense. Um, I didn't know, like I said, I found out like a day ago, I was like, Oh, tonight's the final night. It's at Madison square garden. I'm a New Yorker. I'm literally a stone skip away from going to Madison square garden. And I thought in my head, uh, I, you know, I was, I made a comment online and someone was like, yeah, actually tickets, Tickets on StubHub were $40. And I said, shit, for $40 to go to Madison Square Garden and see the final kit show, not even for the music, just for the spectacle of it all. Like, I should get two tickets and take my little son. My son is eight years old. He's never been to a concert. And I was thinking in my head, this is the perfect first concert for my son. And then suddenly I had a fire lit under my ass. I was trying to get like really cheap tickets because here's the thing. And this is the honest truth. And we talk about economics here. I, 
I could have justified two tickets if it was a hundred dollars or less at the last possible moment to go see the show. Cause I just knew I, I wouldn't even, not even for me. I just know my son would have loved it. I really did. Um, but I don't love kiss enough to spend $180 a piece on nosebleed seats for a band who I never showed up for live. Like I just wouldn't, I was just wasn't prepared to do that. I wasn't. Um, we always find a way to just justify or rationalize why we do as much as we want to do stuff as, as much as we don't want to do stuff. Like it's very easy to justify and rationalize. Hey, I'm not going to do this because it's just not, it's just not like, it's just not my thing. Like I'm not going to, not going to go through with this. So I was, I was refreshing. I was looking, I was looking for some, some kiss tickets. Uh, it did not pan out and that was okay. I literally have not lost a wink of sleep about it, but I did think, eh, you know, if I do go, maybe I can make a cool video out of this for the YouTube channel can, uh, walk around, you know, tape some, some interesting goings ons of like, you know, people in kiss makeup and, you know, maybe interview them or just, you know, uh, just whatever, like just document the experience of going to a kiss show as a, someone who is such a casual, casual listener of a select few kiss songs would be very interesting, especially if it was with my son, but that was not meant to be, it was not in the cards. And, you know, the, one of the reasons why I've never really cared much for ever seeing kiss, let alone seeing kiss now in, in their current state is because of all the controversy that has come out recently. Um, Kiss is one of those bands that does not play. A, some of their stuff is not played live. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what what is or isn't. We just we all know that they have pre-recorded tracks. And you know the thing is, a lot of bands use pre-recorded tracks in a in a on a spectrum. Right? There are some bands that just use small little like triggers. There are other bands that were like everything is pre-taped, like almost everything is pre-taped, right? It all depends on the situation. Sometimes, sometimes there's pre-taped stuff because it's like, hey, this is really hard to replicate live or we can't have any margin for error. It's better to have a pre-taped track. We want to present our sound the way it sounds on the album. This is the best way to do such a thing. Um. And then there are others who are like literally, you know, charging fans for, you know, live show. They're they're charging their fans for a live show, but they're not actually playing live. They're it's it's sort of like a mind performance. And then again, you can kind of diffuse that. You can actually diffuse that whole situation by referring back to that that quote, you know, that quote I was just mentioning where it's like it's like, hey, um, it's like, hey, kisses, kisses, not mu music, it's entertainment. And I guess on that level, you can pretty much, you know, get away with anything. You know, you can sort of get away with anything. So, like I said, I, I you know, that's some, that's a reason why I never really was interested to go and see kiss. I was just like, kind of like, eh, whatever. I mean, I. I guess, you know, I don't know. It just was not, not a thing. The only reason why I thought about it was again, the opportunity kind of presented itself. And then, you know, so, so my point being with all this, I'm sorry, I'm like really not doing a great job of explaining myself here. The point being with all of this is that I thought this was incredibly friggin' lame. I just thought it was like lame. I thought it was kind of stupid. I was like, oh, you're hanging it up, but it's kind of like, 
you know, uh, disingenuous, this, that, and the other, um, and you know, whatever. Um, now on the completely opposite flip side of that, I've just, you know, sort of, sort of done a lot of, uh, <clears throat> I've, I've sort of expressed a lot of disparaging remarks about kiss. And now I'm going to, I'm going to do something on the flip side that I really appreciate about kiss something that really means a lot to me. And, you know, some of you here know, you know, how, how much of a Jew I am and how proud I am of being Jewish and Jewish, this and Jewish that. And the truth of the matter is, is that, um, you know, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are Jews and, you know, like to me, I think it's really fucking cool to have these two fucking, you know, these two Jewish guys who worked really, really fucking hard and grinded really, really hard and like put themselves out there and have their posters like across America, the posters of these two Jewish musicians hanging up on people's walls. That, that makes me happy. I like that. I like that kind of representation. Uh, you know, I think Gene Simmons is an asshole, but I also have a lot of respect for Gene Simmons's story. You know, Gene Simmons is from, he's from Israel. He's from Haifa and he immigrated to America. His mother was a Holocaust survivor. He immigrated to America from when he was uh, eight years old. He couldn't speak any English. And, you know, his story kind of is similar to Arnold Schwarzenegger's story. These two guys who didn't speak English came to America, uh, not your sort of traditional traditional kind of movie star or rock star. And they transformed themselves into incredibly successful people. It's kind, they're kind of like, they're these incredible immig immigrant stories. And I, I just, there's something that's, uh, you know, the way that Gene Simmons talks about America. And again, this is going to sound really stupid. Um, you know, I have a lot of feelings about America. I'm not going to get political here. I have a lot of hangups about America, but hearing Gene Simmons point of view about America as an immigrant and where he came from and how he saw, you know, opportunity in America from, and going from a person who had nothing to a person who has everything is incredible. And it's an incredible story. And I have a lot of respect for that. With all that said, Gene Simmons is a massive asshole who's done a lot of really like fucked up problematic shit that, you know, whatever. But the point being is that I, I really appreciate it. And Paul Stanley is a dude, uh, you know, another Jewish guy who was born without his ear. Okay. He's born without an ear. He's a musician who doesn't have an ear. And he wears his long hair to cover the fact that he's missing a fucking ear. Well, I think he had a surgery. He had like a fake ear, but he still hit it because he was he was incredibly he was incredibly um, uh, self conscious about his ear, and like to overcome those fears and insecurities and put yourself out there on a stage every night and grind and grind and grind and then like you know go and decide, hey, I want to sing in the opera. I want to you know be the phantom and phantom of the opera. So like, go and do that. Like it's, I don't know. I, I have, you know, as ruthless as those guys are in business and they can be like, I have a lot of respect for them. I do. I do. So it's like, it's like a, I have like a weird mixed bag with, with those guys. And like, you know, my feelings about those guys, like on one hand, I'm like, 
I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, like that, that's awesome. And on the other hand, I'm kind of like, you guys are also assholes. You know, the way that they both treated, um, the way that I, well, you know, that's a, that's the other thing too. Like what's the, the big rift in kiss, right? You have, you have the big beef between Ace Freely, Peter and Peter Chris versus Paul Stanley and, and Gene Simmons and all of that. And the back and forth and, you know, uh, there's two sides to the story and, you know, I'm probably won't even be able to do that beef justice. We could really sit down and try and cover that in an episode and you'll have both sides and both camps explaining why the other side is wrong. And I don't even know how to begin to unpack that, but you know, there's that stuff too. Um, for a lot of kiss fans out there, for a lot of kiss fans out there, this is not like really kiss like kiss has to be Peter, Chris, Ace Freely, Gene Simmons, and Paul Stanley. And if they're not there, then they're not really kiss. So, you know, and then for a lot of other people, a lot of other kiss fans are like, yeah, you know, whatever, man, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, Tommy Thayer, from what I understand is a real fucking fanboy. Like he, he was like a tour manager and he was in like a tribute or something. Um, like just all this, all this stuff, uh, and like slowly became, you know, slowly ingratiated himself into being the, uh, replacement spaceman. You know, that's a thing. Like you hear like Ace's argument is that like the spaceman, the space, they stole the spaceman idea and makeup for me. But the reality is that they paid him for that. He licensed that makeup. And the same thing with Chris. They licensed those makeups. I don't know if they bought them outright, but they licensed that stuff from those guys. Those guys were getting paid, you know, uh, by what they were doing. You know what I mean? And those guys, you know, uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, they didn't want, they, they like, they wanted the makeup. They didn't want the guys. They had problems with the guys, but they wanted the image, the classic kiss image. And that like, Hey, we have a good working relationship with Tommy Thayer and Eric's Eric singer. Yeah. It's Eric singer. Um, and they're basically, you know, hired guns who do whatever the fuck we say. And we don't have to deal with the personalities of ACE and, uh, and Peter, right. You know, in, in the variety of ways that they, that they have to deal with them. And it's just like, it just, you know, it's like, Hey, now we can keep the machine going without having all of the problems. So it's like, I don't know. It's weird, man. It, I, I don't, I don't fall on either side of that fence. I'm just sort of kind of exploring, um, exploring all of it. You know, it's just kind of interesting to me. And the thing about kiss and kiss is an institution, man. It's an American pop culture institution, you know? And the other thing about kiss too, is that, you know, they are an impactful band. They are in the rock and roll hall of fame, but they're in the rock and roll hall of fame for all of like the reasons that the rock and roll hall of fame doesn't like take people into the rock and roll hall of fame, the rock and roll of hall of fame kind of like had no choice, but to eventually induct kiss because of like the overwhelming, like the overwhelmingly obvious reasons to put them into the rock and roll of fame, all of the albums they sold, all of the, the fans that they have, all of the impact that they had on pop culture. And much like the Ramones, the Kiss is incredibly influential band. Think about all of the fucking musicians that came up in a variety of different like subgenres that were, you know, so many like guitar slingers who just, 
you know, worshipped, you know, Ace Freely and what he did and this, that, and the other. So that's interesting too, including Doyle, who, as some, some of you have said in the comments, yes, Doyle was at the show. It's funny, my friend, Ramey, who you, some of you know, Ray, shout out to Ramey, he texted me this picture. He bumped into them on the street and he snapped this very quick picture. I hope, Ramey, I hope you don't mind if I share this picture. Uh, I just thought it was great. Um, he, he, he snapped a picture of them walking away on the street. They were, they were in a crosswalk leaving, uh, leaving Madison square garden. Uh, and then Doyle posted the photo. We'll, we'll get to that and we'll get to that in a second. So to say all of that random, I don't know, that was like such a, an unfocused mishmash of thoughts and feelings about kiss to say all of that. Um, so that I could now say that my initial feelings about like the way I looked at their, their final shows and them closing up shop and like thinking about them as kind of like goofy doofuses and this, that, and the other to say that I, I feel kind of wrong, like not wrong, but I feel like maybe, um, yeah, I mean, I feel a little wrong about it. Like not like bad wrong, but just like, I, I think I think I'm wrong in the sense that like, I don't understand like how truly awesome it kind of is. Like I was watching the footage and I'm like, wow, this is like, this is actually spectacular. Like there is like a, there is like a sort of a regal majesty to what they do and the amount of work that they put into their show, the fireworks, the lights, all the gimmicks, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense that they are not playing in live. So initially, and the reason why I'm sort of, I've done like a, I've done like a 180 in the last 24 hours, because initially I made this post. This is, this brings me to this post. I might as well, let's, let's go here now. Um, I made uh, a post here and Ravner's in the audit. Ravner, are you still here in the audience? Cause this is perfect. Cause I'm going to read what Ravner wrote they did such a succinct job at uh explaining this here let's uh let's share this post real quick so this is what ravner um let me let me read what ravner uh said here because i thought he did such a great job explaining this okay ravner's here uh, so initially I wrote interesting contrast, the misfits reunion shows versus the second kiss farewell to her thoughts. I will read and respond on a live stream as well as share some of my own. So I kind of shared some of my own and what I was going to really share is that I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of goofy that like, not goofy. I'm like, I, I was just kind of like amazed like that. Like, here's what I'm amazed about. I'm amazed that a band like the misfits could sell out Madison Square Garden it, on the same level as as a band like Kiss because you think about Kiss being in such a different stratosphere than what the Misfits are and we are talking about Hall of Fame rock and roll band that sold hundreds hundreds of millions of albums right uh versus the Misfits who are a uh, a cult a, a cult punk band one of the biggest punk bands who also managed to do the same thing. Uh, and it's just kind of amazing. And, you know, here, these guys are playing at the pinnacle. Glenn, Jerry, and Doyle are playing at the their absolute pinnacle as musicians, in my opinion, at least. 
you know, um, the, the, the band has never sounded better. And yet at the same time, when you look at kiss, you know, they're not playing at their pinnacle. They are, in fact, I would say the weakest element of kiss is actually probably the music. The fact that, you know, Paul Stanley has essentially lost his singing voice, the fact that they can't really move around, you know, Paul also, after playing in high heels and platforms for years, he had, he's had two hip surgeries, right? Like the fact that he even is up there for two hours doing what he does is like incredible. It's, it's honestly, it's fucking amazing. But like the fact of the matter is you could barely do it anymore. So it's like, you know, the the including the singing and and playing and he's and you could see it and people that are out there that is in fact there's a lot of uh sad sad uh sad fanboys and non-fanboys who are now going to no longer be able to scrutinize each show that kiss plays to look and see when they miss their marks and uh go out of sync when 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 someone doesn't hit their mark or whatever you know, I mean, uh, Gene can barely fucking move in that stuff. I mean, sure, it's 70 pounds and he's 70 years old, but it's just kind of like, I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny. It's like, dude, like, how are you still doing this? You know, like, why are you still doing this at this age? Um, you know, and Tommy is Tommy seems to have the uh, Tommy and Ace have like the lightest stuff on. It's Gene who has the most. He has the biggest buildup. But if you look at him without all this uh, that armor on, it's amazing how 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 he looks at his age that he's been able to keep up this sort of uh, persona, you know, despite, even if he doesn't move around that much, but then you look at, look at Glenn, Jerry and Doyle. I mean, these guys just played in 110 degree uh, heat and gave 150% and like crushed it. I mean, you have like Jerry, who's about 10 years younger doing crazy power slides and Doyle is Doyle and Glenn, uh, singing from the top of his lungs. I mean, the the cardio that you that you need to do to do something like that. My God, my fucking God, you know. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting. That was really what I was trying to compare and contrast. And ultimately, you can't really compare and contrast these guys. There's nothing. You, it's, it's apples to oranges. I just thought it was interesting that here are the misfits. These are the misfits doing a misfits reunion sold out at Madison square garden. And here is kiss at I, what I believe was also sold out. I believe they sold out Madison square garden doing their final show. And like, just, I don't know the differences and the observations and like where one is, is again, operating at their pinnacle while one is, you know, kiss. I'm thinking of kiss is really not at their peak at all. And in fact, should have hung it up 20 years ago, but you know, have soldiered on. And I guess it's kind of, it, it is kind of nice that they are, that they ended it in the way that they ended it. And like I said, my mind was changed when I actually watched the footage and I was like, wow, this is actually like fucking spectacular. Like what kiss is doing, even if they do all that bullshit gimmicky, whatever, like, you know, uh, fake singing and this, that, and the other, like, it's still pretty amazing. It's still a great show. It's still fucking fun. Here's what Ravner says. Shout out to Ravner. Thoughts on the Misfits reunion versus end of the road. Most of you did not understand the assignment, by the way. There were a lot of people that were just straight up comparing the bands. I, that's not like, that is so not what I asked for. 
but Ravner Ravner did a really good job with the assignment. I never saw the Misfits reunion with Glenn, Jerry, and Doyle. I can't speak to that experience. Comparing the two bands, I know the words to every Misfits song through 83. I only know the lyrics to a handful of Kiss songs. That said, I did see the recent Kiss End of the Road show when it came to my town. Night of the concert, I bought a nosebleed for $38. That's what I'm taught. See, that's what I wanted, Ravner. That's what I wanted. I wanted a nosebleed for $38. I would have been there. I would have been would have been there for both nights, maybe. Who knows, man? Um uh what was i saying i actually went as a casual listener but left with the feeling that i just saw a sensory overload of pop culture explosions entertainment dude yes i i from the youtube footage i watched that's what i had a sense of when i was watching that and he's and ravner says i had a great time i had an even better time watching the fans go ballistic watching their favorite group and i think that is an experience that i would have loved as well i would have loved to have seen the fans going nuts and just enjoying their favorite band it's not my favorite band but it's your favorite band and you're having a great time and i'm having a great time because you're having a great time like i i so can appreciate that you know was ace freely and peter chris there no but robo and bobby Steele weren't at the misfit shows either does it matter only to people who love to complain. Ultimately, it didn't bother the 14,000 other people having a good time. And that's what I ultimately have come to realize. No KISS fan gives a shit about whether Paul Stanley is singing or not. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. They, they just want to experience their favorite band in the flesh doing the pop culture over sensory explosion that Ravner is talking about. And you know what? That was something that I failed to understand 24 hours ago when I was like eye rollingly trying to go with my son because I figured he'd get a kick out of it. And we just have a fun time. And like, Hey, I could say I was at the last kiss show. You know what I mean? Like I now see the error of my ways. Kiss fans don't give a shit about well, some of them do for sure. I'm I'm sure, but like we know Eddie Trunk does. Um, <clears throat> the desire to hang out and see a show, hearing the hits of your favorite band far outweigh anything else. Sure, man. Sure. I've always felt that there was a similarity between the Kiss Army and the Fiend Club. Yeah. Glenn likely took clues from this business model as Kiss was literally everywhere in 77, 79. It also should be noted that Gene Simmons and Glenn Danzig are avid fans of comics, of course. They both have effectively exploited that subculture in their retrospective groups and fan clubs. Also true. I mean that in a positive way. Yeah. So in my humble opinion, there's some big parallels with both groups. Uh, Ravner, that was an excellent comment. Thank you. That said, one group wants to rock and roll all night and the other one wants to go out and kill tonight. Great. Yes. Yes. That was th Those were great. Great two cents there. I really like that. Um, uh, Sean also says here, uh, not a fan of the kiss songs at all, but I respect what they've done as far as the influence that they've had on rock music. I mean, just about all my favorite artists are kiss fans. That's yeah. And it's so true, man, including members of the dancing camp, except Glenn. I'm sure Glenn secretly liked kiss at some point in time. Both bands are big on aesthetics and the kiss show looks fun. I can see why people love it. Yeah, because it, it's a spectacle. But to me, nothing is better than Danzig Front of Misfits. Um, 
So a lot of people were like, yeah, misfits, I can't stand kiss or misfits are real. Kiss is not all incredibly valid. Now, um, Doyle, as, as some of you mentioned, Doyle was there. Here's what, here's what Doyle shared. Let me, uh, let me see if I can, uh, share this tab instead. So that's Doyle. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I'm going to try not to blast this out. Let me see. I mean, that's exciting. Like, and then they drop down on that riser. That is exciting. With the pyro and the explosion. How could you not love that? Now, what did you notice? Here's something funny. Here's something funny about this. And we've read a bunch of Doyle interviews. We've heard Doyle's feelings about this stuff. What do you notice about this? Doyle, here is Doyle in the crowd at a concert with his cell phone out taking a fucking video of the show. Cousin Doyle. Cousin, you know, Doyle, who's like, I like to watch shows with my eyeballs, not through my phone. I just think it's funny that he, listen, in reality, he stops the video right here, right? He stopped the video, like, right, he stopped the video right here and, you know, enjoyed the song. He just wanted to record the opening. And I can totally appreciate that. When I personally, like when I do take out my cell phone at a show, it is not to record songs per se. It's always to record the stage banter or something like this, some, some like the opening or something, because it's a memory that I want to have. That's the type of stuff that you want to put on Instagram. Now, what does Doyle say here about Kiss? This is, oh, okay, this is Doyle talking about being at the last Kiss show on his Instagram. Congratulations, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons on an unreal career. All the sacrifices made to give your amazing show to all your fans for 50 years. The fans will never understand what you gave up in your lives to do that. I applaud you. I speak for all musicians. You taught us all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was so fun. First time seeing kiss with makeup. I don't know what Haji Matade means. Uh, I wasn't missing this. I owed it to that little kid who won kiss alive down at the shore at seaside Heights, New Jersey in 1976 and would listen and look at that cover and say, I want to be this. I mean, really, a really wonderful touching sentiment from Doyle, for sure. Uh, what he's referring to uh, down at the shore, so what you used to do, I believe it was hoops, or there were, there were um, basically what you could do is you could play games on the boardwalk, and you could win albums. You could win LPs, and and that's what they did. They won Queen. They won a bunch of stuff. Him and Jerry. And one of those records, I guess, was Kiss Alive. And really sort of influenced, um, really sort of influenced uh, uh, him wanting to be a musician. Case in point, Paris Mayhew, another huge Kiss fan who I know was at this show uh, last night as well from the Cro-Max. You know what I mean? I mean, these guys grew up on Kiss. It makes sense. Totally, totally makes sense. Um, so what else did people say? 
let's see what some other if if there are any other worthy comments here actually there's a lot of comments i don't know if i want to go through all these uh two really unique and great bands i mean the re- you really can't compare and contrast the the point of the the point of the assignment was to just sort of compare and contrast the them both playing at madison square garden not them as bands and and so i don't really i think i think too many people misunderstood the assignment to uh to really to really uh weigh in on this properly uh so i probably won't so i, I guess there's there's really no point in in doing that here's another one uh this was here <laughs> Yeah, this is where I, I I learned that I learned that the tickets were were cheap, and I was like, man, I should try and get my I should try and get my son here. I was looking. I mean, they were a hundred. Look, it was a hundred and eighty-seven for this nosebleed on the side of the stage. I wasn't gonna pay for two of those tickets. I just I just couldn't. I I, I couldn't do it. It would it would would have been crazy. Would it wouldn't have been worth it. Um. <clears throat> Still, though, I was kind of like, well, what is it like? What what is it? What are we what are we seeing here? And so here is Kiss End of the Road. Here is what it uh here's what it looks like. Here is the love gun segment. I'm gonna share this. Hopefully you can see this. In fact, before we do that, real quick, actually, let me um let me take care of something. Uh so we have a new we have cha- we're changing things up here at riotstickers.com with our riotstickers.com sponsorship. We are we have a we have a, a slightly modified deal that I haven't had a t- chance to uh fix yet. The 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 Riot Fest deal that we normally do for $79 is going to be altered and uh it's going to be slightly different. Um I I'm just realizing now maybe I shouldn't uh reveal what it is yet until you know what i'm actually going to hold off on that you should just order stickers from riot stickers they are the sponsor here at the from his channel we love riot stickers we're going to do a truncated sponsorship thing because like i said our sponsorship is changing for the better for the better and we are we are changing things up with riot stickers there's a new deal that is coming it's a great deal uh more on that soon uh riotstickers.com Now, you know, one thing that we have taken a look at here uh, in regards to Kiss is we've looked at we've looked at some footage when they didn't have their masks on in the 80s when they were like when they were unmasked. But I got to tell you something. 
man, did they put 180% into their show. I mean, look, all the shows are 180% in terms of like all the intricate, 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 in terms of all of the stuff that they do in their shows. But, um, Man, they used to fucking rock hard in the 80s. That's all that's all I got to say. They they really did. Without that makeup on, they were trying to like overcompensate or something. Uh but the, I was watching this today and I like kind of changed my mind about how I felt about, you know, I don't know about just about all about Kiss and all this stuff. I I don't know how else to how else to say it really. This is um this is the final love gun. Look at him. He goes out on this thing. How awesome is that, dude? That's why they're still doing this at 70 years old. Because who wants to give that up? Like, who wants to give that up? Nobody. What kind of fucking high do you get when you're declining or talking about? I mean, the heck you've seen that 70 years old, 70 plus years old. That's insane. Out of safety net or I can, I can totally understand. It's insane. Look, that's all he does. That's all he can do. That's a little band up on that bit. But again, like, 50 years of doing this. Not even playing, it's not playing with this car at all. Um, I love this song. Something fucking rocks, dude. Look at that, man. How could you get that up? Look at that show. Look at that show. I mean, that is that is live entertainment at its best. I just love how he's just like kind of like almost playing guitar, but not really. Like he's not. What the what? He's doing the Jerry only uh, one-handed face thing. Look at him. He's having he's having the ball, man. I, I really do. I appreciate it, man. You. Like, like, don't even try anything to take it. He's like, I'm not, I don't even give a shit. I just want to raise the guitar above my head. Look. You know what? God bless you, Paul Stanley. You're awesome, man. Look, look, look at him, dude. I love that. I really do. So it's like, seeing this and going like, it doesn't matter if they're playing or not playing. You know, this is a fucking spectacular. I love this part.
Um, <coughs> it's great, man. You just, you literally, yeah, it looks like it's totally sold out. I mean, what a moment. What a moment of immortality, right? Like, assuming that this is the last time that they do it. And I'm sure that it is. I, I really do. I think it's the last They're, they're done. <laughs> but he is not. Dean looks like he's actually playing. I don't know. Um, and Tommy looks like he's certainly playing. More like it's like, it's just, I don't know, it's all the... What's the deal? What is the deal? I feel like Tommy Thayer is a yes man. Like, he's just there, he is there to do whatever they say. He is, he is the perfect employee for human and obviously, we've covered the beef between Dean and Paul. Look at that. Look at that. That's a moment. You know what? Like, he deserves it, man. Like, they deserve that, you know? God bless. Could you imagine all the emotions going through your head? It's something that you do. You can do that for 50 years, man. 50 fucking years you've been doing that. This is the last time he's doing it. That's a strange look at that. <laughs> it's wonderful, man. I wonder if they're running shared. Does anybody know? Were there any moments where, like, like Paul and Gene like turn? Because they, you know, they were in a band called Wicked Lester. Like, they go back even before Kiss. Like, they their relationship is more like it's more like fifty five years. It's it's longer. It's it's longer than I think they started making music in like sixty eight or something. So they really, really, really go back. Like, it's that's got to be emotional. Even if you hate each other. I mean, they have a bond and a partnership that just runs so incredibly deep. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's. There's a great compilation where someone just took all of his banter and like just stitched it together. So it's like 90 minutes of, of Paul Stanley being like, hey, hey do you want to rock and roll all night? And party every day. It's really great. Look at him. Look at him strike. Can I stay out here a little while? Yes, you've earned it. You've earned it. Okay. Question number two. How many microphones? Can you sing with us? Awesome. This one. You should know this one. He's this got four microphones. We had around the world. He's got four microphones in, in all sides of the stage. You know the. You know another band that has like a really like customized like like insane live show setup is Metallica. And you know what's funny? I don't think Metallica will ever hang it up. I think Metallica will be Metallica as long as. Hmm. I was gonna say so. If my, okay, here's an interesting question. I'm not a. I am. I know even less about Metallica than I do about Kiss. How about that? 
if James were to leave the band or pass away, unfortunately, suddenly, God forbid, knock on wood, pass away, him or Lars, would the band continue? I think if Kirk, if something happened to Kirk, Metallica would continue to be Metallica because they were Metallica. But if Lars, and maybe even if something happened to Lars, I don't know, some like hardcore Metallica fan. I wish Joe was, Joe would know actually. Joe would be, would tell me. If, if, uh, I think if something happened to Lars, they could still maybe even go on. Maybe they would want to go on. Maybe Lars would want them to go on. He wouldn't want Metallica to end. Lars and Kirk with Rob on bass, that they could go on. But if something happened to James, that would be the end. They like, that would be it, that they could not. So is James like the one, is James the the irreplaceable member of Metallica? I don't know. Someone might say, hey, Jeff, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, they are nothing without the signature Kirk Kirk, uh, you know, guitar lick, licks, riffs, and whatnot. Like, you can't go on being Metallica without that. We know that they could be Metallica without Rob because they were Metallica for 30 years or more 20 years without Rob Trujillo and the band, right? Um, but could they go on without James? No. Could they go on without Lars? I mean, that's like the sad truth about like drummers, though. I don't know. It's weird. That's not that's not the right thing to say because there's some drummers that are like, look at Keith Moon, the Who tried to be the Who without Keith Moon and they failed miserably. Look at Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin could not be Led Zeppelin without uh, John Bonham. They they did their they, you know they kind of were themselves with uh, with Jason Bonham, but it wasn't it wasn't the same. wasn't exactly the same. Uh, although that those reunion concerts were well received. If uh, I'll tell you one thing, I hate to say it, but it's true. This is sacrilege to say, but if Ringo had died and not John Lennon, I'm sure that the Beatles would have con would have reunited as the Beatles without without him. That they would have 100 100 they would have they would have they were the Beatles before Ringo and they could have been the Beatles again without him. I, I mean, and I am a I am an like an avid avid Ringo fan and I will defend Ringo to the ends of the earth but I mean I'm like looking at the, the brass tacks and that's what they would do would would Metallica do the same with Lars could Metallica and that's the thing like I don't if like let's say that that nothing happens to either one of them or until something happens to either one of them I think Metallica will go on for the next however many years you know maybe the next that what when Metallica's in their their mid fifties. I think Metallica could easily have another twenty years in in them, if they wanted to. Yeah, there's another twenty years in Metallica, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like they're never gonna they're never gonna stop. But they have a very intricate they have a very intricate stage show, like like Kiss does here. You know, they have like the rotating, the rotating thing, rotating concert, uh, concert stage, whatnot. How long does he stay on this stage for? I mean, that's the problem. I like literally don't even know. I don't know half of Kiss's uh, Kiss's songbook. I just don't know enough. Of it. Like, I would be bored out of my mind through, for half of these songs. Like, even with all the pyro and stuff, because I just wouldn't know the fucking. I just wouldn't know it. I just wouldn't. Know. Okay, Dagger is saying that the guys in Metallica are like sixty still. I still think that if they're in good condition 
Uh, n- nothing bad happens to him. I do think they have another 20 years left. But Dagger, here's the more important question, is would they continue without Lars? Would they continue without Lars? That's what I want to know, if something happened to Lars. Um, that's the that's the interesting question. James and Metallica is a year older than Doyle. Okay. Okay, that sort of that that's that there you go. Um yeah, I would just order this this doesn't interest me. Here, let's go to the actual here's the full show. Okay. This is the full live show. There it is. That's the full show. Oh, this this is rock and roll all night. I'm sorry, but this is cool. I'm playing rock and roll all night. I mean, it sounds like sounds like Dean is in there, and he sounds good, man. Look, and Rob. Move around on the He looks like he's in pain right there. Look at look at his face grimace. Look at this. Uh, what do you remember? 
point here. Um, I, I, I'll say I don't think any band has stayed as big for as long as Kiss. You might be right about that. Think about that. 50 years of Kiss, and Kiss have been relevant in, you know, they've had some dips where they were kind of like whatever, but I would say they have sort of held on to the persona that they have right now. They've held on to this like since Ace and Peter left the band the last time. They've really, they've really held, stayed as big. And Dagger, you're right. Rolling, Rolling Stones and Metallica. Metallica too. Metallica as well. And Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's not true. There's a bunch of them. There's a few. Uh, although Red Hot Chili Peppers are not 50 years go, going, but the Rolling Stones for sure are. For sure. Stones and Kiss, man. And Kiss just bowed out. Man, the fact that the Stones are still... The Stones... <clears throat> The Stones just released new. I mean, you could say Paul McCartney, Bob Dylan, uh, Neil Young. Although I feel like Neil Young and and Bob Dylan are not really in like the spot. Paul McCartney probably Paul McCartney is prob probably stands out amongst amongst everybody. Think about that. Apart from the Stones, Paul McCartney is as big and in the, the 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 spotlight for as long as he's been since 1962 like that is fucking incredible really truly yes the stones do have kiss by 10 years and they are touring they do not fucking stop <laughs> they do not stop and the fact that fucking jagger and and richards are still together still writing songs man that's fucking, that's crazy, man. That really is crazy when you think about it. Look where they are now. They're in like the air. Look at that. So people are like, why don't they hang it up? Why are they still doing it? Because of this, motherfuckers. Because they're doing this shit. This is the, you know, it's funny. Gene is very, is even though we all know Gene has other addictions and vices, if you know what I mean. Um, Gene has always very famously said, I don't drink, I never drank, and I never took drugs. I always love that about Gene's. I, I am a sober person as well. In fact, it's my so sobriety anniversary is today, actually. Um, uh, just mentioning that because I mentioned that. But the funny thing is, is that like this is a this is the drug that Gene has been a fucking you know hardcore addict of for how fucking long. You know, the admiration of live performance, you know, is the type of adrenaline soaked, you know, intoxication that how, how, how could they give it up 20 years ago? Of course they weren't. They fucking panned out. All, all eyes are on them. That's fun. That is fun. to think that they ship all of this stuff. This is all of their stuff. I mean, you have to think about all of the coordination. All of Um, 
If they were smart, they probably, if they were smart, they probably would have uh, recorded this whole thing. You know, every once in a while they do Kiss Alive. They've done a whole series. They've done four of them. The last Kiss Alive should be the final show, and it should be like Kiss Alive Dead, Kiss Dead Alive, and then Jerry only could sue them. Oh, guys, it's Angus's birthday, man. Angus, happy 60th birthday to you. Happy birthday, Angus. Hope it was a good one. Um, So the, the, the band finished, right? They finished performing. Let's take a look. So this is, this is the final bow, right? The final bow, wow, wow. Here's Kiss taking their final bow at Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's cool. And you can really see how much they love their even from up up here and like looking down, I like, can't really get a good sense of the face They'll probably Well, you know, we're gonna have it. We're gonna have a question for and we'll have all these these uh options on stage. Look at that. Look at these two guys, man. Fifty fucking years together. Balls that was Gene for doing that. Look at the these dudes fucking 50 years together. Uh, we covered that really great video of them in the fight. Look at that. Yeah, like how fake is that though? Like uh, Just like in, just in, in the top motion. I wonder if we get an interview right when they walk up. They told him that he's in the top. Half a century, but to do it. I mean, unreal. Unfucking real. So, like, I saw all this and I, like, totally, like, with my, my crew. I was like goofing on this, and then I was like, this is pretty cool, man. This is awesome. New York! Would you do us the final honor 
We want to take a photo of you and us at the end of the road. Yeah, that's cool. Look at that. Uh, that's nice. That's the same photo that you need. Right? What could I ask you something? He doesn't want to get off stage. You don't want to go home yet, do you? <laughs> I don't think you want to go home. This is kind of sweet. Can we play a couple more for you? Oh, okay. They did an encore. Is that what happened? All right. Well, I didn't realize that. Thank you, each and every one of you. It doesn't matter if this is your first KISS show wow. or your 101st KISS show. You are the KISS Army. You made us possible. And we will always remember and love you. You can hear how emotional it is. And they do, they love their fucking fans. They do. They, they're always, they always talk about how Here's much. Here's a song that asks the question. From you know, Optimum Fiber. Ah, stupid ad. Ugh, that's the, is that not the worst? Here, let me let this ad play out. Damn, I hate that. Uh, Bob, uh, Billy here, Billy, Billy Brown dog 66 says would have loved to have seen what Dimebag would have done during this. If anything, how he would promote the show in the makeup himself because he loved kiss so much. Oh, okay. So dime Dimebag Gerald was a kiss fan. Interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know. Oh, that was the end of it. Uh, and then, okay. And then this happened. All right. So here's what happens at the end of the show. We're not done. There's one last component to this whole appraisal, I guess. So overwhelmingly, so overwhelmingly, Kiss do an incredible job of like swan song. Swan, uh, they do, they do, they 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 leave with an incredible swan song, right? Like they just, they do, um, boom, they 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 finish, they finish off the right kind of way, and then this happens, and what ha and it's so to me, I think this is so incredibly Kiss, like this is. You know, it's kind of funny. Like, this is the perfect, like, afterward. This is the perfect punctuation at the end of the kiss sentence because this is something that they would fucking do. Uh, the show ends, or after the show, or, or immediately after the show ends, kiss make this announcement right here. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Kiss announced that they will rock forever by performing as digital avatars. Is that not the most kiss thing that you could ever imagine? During the final kiss show of their farewell tour last night at Madison Square Garden, the band made a big reveal during the encore. From here on out, kiss will perform as digital avatars. Oh my God. Now this is fucking goofy. Superpowered digital versions of the band appeared on the screen to perform their version of God gave rock and roll to you from the bill from Bill and Ted's bogus journey soundtrack. Watch it happen below. The avatars were created through a partnership with the sweet Swedish entertainment company, pop house entertainment group, and created by the George Lucas founded company, industrial light and magic in a short video below. You can see the members of kiss hooked up to the motion capture technology that helped inform their avatars. Pop house also worked with ABBA on their recent live shows. We can't be young forever. We can't be, we sorry we can be forever young and forever iconic 
by taking us to places we've never dreamed before, Gene Simmons said in a press release announcing the new project. The technology is going to make Paul jump higher than he's ever gone before. Paul Stanley adds, what we've accomplished has been amazing, but it's not enough. The band deserves to live on because the band is bigger than we are. There are some unanswered questions. Will founding members Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely live on as avatars or just the Catman and Starchild characters? Are, I think you mean, yeah, Starchild, right. Uh, no, no, not Starchild, Spaceman, Space Ace, not Star, uh, Paul Stanley's the Starchild. Arguably, more crucially, will the digital Paul Stanley still engage the crowd with questions like, we got any people here tonight that are high? <laughs> Will he scream the name of the city multiple times? New York! Will he encourage the crowd to scream the words hotter than hell and cold gin? Pitchfork has reached out to Pop House for comment. Um, so here's the video. Here, I'm going to play. So this is the video, Kiss, A New Era Begins. I mean, th this is so unbelievably Kiss, what what this is. This is, this is so ridiculous, man. Ready? Kiss Army! Your love, your power has made us... I'm, I'm going to mute this, actually, because I don't know if, what it's going to do. Look, they, 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 they've been immortalized. They hooked them up to these, you know, motion capture suits, and they've just done this incredibly goofy thing. Now, here's the, what's interesting. I guess, you know... 30 years from now, when these guys are all dead and gone, there's going to be KISS fans that will watch this and be like, this is great. And like, wow, this is so cool, like on some level. Um, but like, you know, right now, this is so this is goofy. I mean, this is just so ridiculous. I can't believe they did this. And again, KISS were always about doing something like cutting edge or trying to blaze trails. Like when they took their blood and and poured it into the red ink for comic books, you know what I mean? Like this this is on brand for Kiss, like bottom line. Um, but you know, I don't know. It it really it's really goofy, man. Like, could you imagine? And you know, obviously they're like, we're too old. We are gonna do this so that way we can still make money off of touring revenue without having to actually go on tour it's a it's it's sort of like a you know it's great sort of retirement uh retirement plan right um but i don't know it's it's just i i can't i'm kind of speechless man i mean this is really if here's the thing if ever there was a band to do it it would be kiss again entertainment not music this is entertainment and so I guess this is on brand for Kiss. Like, what else would you expect from Kiss, right? That's the truth. That's the honest truth. Now, here's the missed opportunity, in my opinion, personally. I Here's where I think they had a missed opportunity. Um, the missed opportunity would have been for them to have... Wait, is this... That's the beginning. The missed opportunity would be for them to have done a syndicated. And listen, we we know that Gene Simmons is no stranger to um, to reality TV. Like he's very familiar with reality TV. He had a reality TV show for how fucking long? Why wouldn't they now launch? You know, multiple seasons of a reality TV show. Ready? Here's my reality TV show. This is what Kiss should have done. 
instead of doing these digital avatars, they could have had a American Idol style search to, to do the next generation of Kiss. If you're already going to do like this digital bullshit, why not get actual real people vetted and trained and uh, ordained by the actual members of Kiss? I'm sure the Kiss Army would embrace and accept that. If these, if you got four new guys to go out as Kiss, because Kiss is going to do this no matter what. So it's like, why not just get four people chosen by the members of Kiss? And then if you're really smart, you let fucking Peter, Chris, and Ace freely, then they could come back and they're all sitting there on their fucking little panel and their big plushy chairs, you know, judging people and the people have to, you know, it's like an elimination competition. And there's there's four seasons, one season for each member of the band and they have to do the search. And every time they get a new member of the band, once, once they've recruited a new member of the band, like they start with the gene search, then they do the Paul search and they do the, you know, whatever the time, I guess it will be the Tommy Thayer search or the, the ACE search, whatever you want to call it, the spaceman search. And then the, the cat search, right? Um, you let that new member, whoever the replacement member, they're a part of the judgment panel. And then that, that band goes out as kiss. And I guarantee you every single fucking kiss fan that fucking loves kiss or who doesn't give a shit that Paul Stanley, um, that, that Paul Stanley, uh, isn't singing or whatever, like, like those fans who don't give a shit, they would fucking embrace it. They would embrace it. They would be all about it. They get five seasons of a fucking reality TV show. They'd still be in the spotlight. They'd still be super relevant. Uh, and it would actually be kind of interesting, even though it would also be ridiculously goofy. And ultimately, Ravner is right. Ravner says, I'll tell you why Paul and Gene don't have to pay robots. That's the ultimate truth. Uh, Jody's asking me, what is my favorite makeup style in Kiss Jeff? You know, I've never, no one's ever asked me that. I never, it's, I seriously, I don't think I've ever thought about that. I don't have an answer for you. I legitimately do not have an answer. I don't know what my favorite makeup would be because like, that's how little I think about Kiss. You know, like I said, when I watch a video of Kiss, when I watch Detroit Rock City, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's Kiss, whatever. I'm not sitting that like I've never even considered that. I guess I like the demon makeup the best. If I have to pick the demon makeup or the space ace makeup, I like those two makeups the best. That's literally the first time I thought about it. I've never, ever, 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 ever entertained that idea. It's funny. That's that's so funny. Yeah, it would probably be the it would probably be jeans and then and then aces makeup. So that'd be interesting. Um so ultimately the Ravner's right. The reason is they don't have to pay robots. There's like once they once all the 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 infrastructure is in place, sure there will be overhead, but they do not have to pay performers, and they can still sell their merchandise on the road. They could basic they basically can now continue to tour without actually having to tour, which is kind of what the Beatles initially wanted to do with Sgt. Pepper and what Elvis did with his gold Cadillac. Um, you know what what the the whole purpose of the promotional videos for the beatles as well so they didn't have to go to all the 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 studios they that was the creation of the music video music videos were literally created because the beatles it was too complicated for the beatles to get into a studio and perform live 
when promoting a new record or album. Let's make a promotional film and we'll send it around to all the TV shows and they can just play the same thing over and over and it'll promote the thing. This really is nothing more than an extension of that concept. However, um, it falls into that weird place that we're at now with AI and computer technology where you can scan somebody's essence into a machine and sort of, you know, manipulate it like a puppet, whether it's sanctioned or not. And that's weird. And I, you know, I don't know. I don't know where we're going to be with all that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows how that's going to be ultimately received by the fans? Will it be, you know, things have blown up in Kiss's face. They did that, that album, that concept album called The Elder, which shout out to John of Doom if he watches this. I know he loves that, The Elder. But The Elder was like a thing that was sort of panned by uh, Kiss fans in general. I think that was the last thing that Ace did when he was in the band. Let me see if I could find. What are they open with? Um, not Detroit Rock City. Yeah, Detroit Rock City. Uh, Kiss. Oh, shit. The keyboard's not working. Hold on. Kiss. Detroit Rock City. Last show. I want to. Let's close the show out with this. Um, let me see that. Uh, no, not the last. Kiss. Kiss Detroit Rock City last show. Um, that's from the end of the movie Detroit Rock City. Why is this giving me so many problems here? Wow, this is on this was on my birthday, huh? Uh, I guess that's good enough. If we can't find here, Kiss Detroit Rock City last show. So this is the intro and first song. So I guess let's close out with this because this is like the last. This is what they were known for, and this is the last time they would ever do it. It's pretty fucking cool. It's pretty rad to see, right? I mean, this is what I would have wanted to see had I gone. Um, the majority of people can't handle Tommy and Eric in the makeup, so I'm not sure how replacing all four members would fly. But I, I agree. Listen, I agree with what you're saying, but I think that I think that if it was, if it was, if if everybody was being replaced and it was sort of like, Hey, this is how we're continuing kiss. And this is something that we would do. This is something that Paul and Gene would do. They would be like, let's make kiss 2.0 Devo tried to do that and it failed miserably. But you know, the reason why I think kiss would su succeed where Devo failed is because kiss is kiss. Like kiss doesn't even have to play their own fucking instruments. So people are going to fucking love it. You know? Um, Kevin's jumping in. He's catching up and he says they're really playing, but there's also additional guitar in the backing tracks. Kevin is a musician. He would know better than me. Um, Bingo, the band. Bingo, this is a band san sanctioned laser light show with an AI twist. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 play out with this. We'll just kind of watch and do a little commentary of the final Detroit Rock City. I mean, this is spectacular, man. Hopefully this is a good, hopefully this is a good uh, view. Looks like it might be. I still can't get over that Doyle was taking video in a concert when he gives people so much shit for doing that. Come on, Doyle. Come on, practice what you preach, buddy. All right, here it is. We should have opened the show with this, but we're closing it with this instead. I mean, how exciting. Oh, that's cool. You are the best. You can 
Wait, where is this position? I think this is a terrible angle. Got a fucking rod going up his butt. Like they all do. I mean, listen, hey, you, safety first, man. Like, I get it. I get it. But like, it's just, I don't know. I think it's just kind of funny that <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. Let me see if I can find a better angle because this is a terrible fucking angle of this. This is not cool. Is this the beginning right here? Oh, here it is. Okay, I got it. This is better. Let's watch this one instead. It's a little grainy. Oh, baby, we got it in 4K. All right, ready? Let's watch this one instead. Nice. All right. Bullshit. Come on. Uh, here. Let's That's cool. Wow, this is a great angle. This guy recorded the whole show. Oh, my. Fuck you, dude. Oh, is that suck? Hold on. Oh, is that just. That is so. I hate that, man. I hate it. Like that. Oh, is that annoying? All right. Let's do that again, shall we? Let's, let's, let's just take that back. All right. Hold on. Uh, Starting this over. Start this over. Ready? Here we go. We want the full. We want the full. Look, that's them walking to the uh, to get ready. That's cool. Shows them. There's a camera that follows them. I would have. I would have had so much. That. That's exciting. Come down on these little risers. Man, can you imagine all the time it takes to set up? Through, I mean, they, I, what are they? What kind of money are they making? They obviously, make about how much money it costs. You know what's so interesting to me? This show with all these mocking up front, everybody's standing and watching this. Nobody mocks them. It's like this rock metal and this punk. That's it. Aren't they terrified of those things that love them? That's very Wait, whoever recorded this, good job. I like the way Eric Carr's microphone. He has a mic. I 
there's no offense to Tommy's hair, but like, he is like, Alright. him? Would him a little bit? Look. Look at Tommy. He's a little bit more. Oh, because they have to do that. They're gonna do the thing. This is cool. Eric Carr looks like a I'm hugging. 
Does anybody fucking know what the deal is with Tommy Thayer and fucking Gene Simmons? I'm curious. Like, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe it's nothing. Jody Ramone says, uh, wonder if Kiss has made the most revenue strictly from merchandise. They probably, that's probably where the money really, that's probably their bread and butter, right? Billy says, I'm not a big Kiss fan, but love good audio and the mix on smashes, thrashes, and hits is so good. You just don't turn it off. It's mixed perfect. Try it sometime for the vibe of it. It's perfect. Okay. Uh, listen, I'm open. I'm open to it. Um, I'm going to wrap up in one second. I just want to see, is anybody going to fucking tell me what? I mean, maybe I could just search for it. Let's just search and see if there's any sort of uh, beef. Um, uh Tommy Thayer, Gene Simmons, uh, strain. Let's see if there's anything. Um, the strain was evident on some notes. No, that's not what that is. Uh, co-founder was able to tell Simmons bandmates about the night. No. Oh, here's something that's interesting. Wow. All right. Maybe we should, maybe we need to read one more thing before we leave because I'm not going to do a whole separate show on this. Huh. Livewire Kiss guitarist Paul Stanley admits to, hold on a second. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. <clears throat> All right. This is an opinion piece from Ultimate Guitar. And basically what it's saying is opinion, makeups and breakups. Tommy Thayer saved Kiss, and here is how he did that. This is from Andrew Daly, and it's from September 8th, 2022 on ultimateguitar.com. Uh, what if I was to tell you that if not for Tommy Thayer, Kiss would no longer exist? Well, technically, Kiss no longer exists as of right now, right? Uh, the reunion era doesn't happen, at least, not as it did, would you believe me? Okay, the reunion era, I guess, is from 1996 onward when, when Ace and, and Peter come back. If not, you should. Thayer's close relationship with Kiss dates back to 1985 when, the, when Black and Blue hit the road with Kiss on their Asylum tour in support of its Without Love record. While Black and Blue's label Geffen Records may have engineered the initial pairing, Thayer forged the relationship, a relationship that would last 37 years and running. My exact date. Well, now 38 years and young and running. Um, uh, Mike says it's just Tommy was singing backup, sharing Gene's mic. Nothing more than that. All right. Fair enough. Eric Singer is on drums. Jody Ramone. Uh, in the wake of Black and Blue's dissolution in 1989, Thayer was called in to provide additional guitars on Hot in the Shades, Cuts, Betrayed, The Street Giveth, and The Street Taketh Away. This would be the beginning of Thayer's Kiss Odyssey, but it would not be, but it would be far from the end. 
Now that you've got the backstory, we can now fast forward to 1996. KISS fans will remember the scene well. In the wake of 1995's MTV Unplugged, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons jettisoned Eric Singer and Bruce uh, Kulik in favor of founding members Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely, assisting the Catman. Of course, there were problems, namely in that in the years since his dismissal, Peter Chris's skills have severely deteriorated. This was a problem, as Kiss had just let, let an energetic and technically sound player in Eric Singer go. With the world watching, allowing Chris to take the stage in, in the advanced state of drum atrophy that he was in was not an option. Things were so bad that session man Kevin Valentine was brought in to reteach Peter his parts, with Valentine even being considered to play beneath the stage while Chris pretended to play from above. How humiliating. Is this fucking for real? While the sessions with Valentine proved fruitless, when the sessions with Valentine proved fruitless, Thayer, a guitarist, was brought in to assist Chris in getting back to basics and relearning his parts. Wow. By this point, Thayer had taken on an all-purpose role with Kiss, doing everything needed to keep the Kiss machine running smoothly. In this instance, Thayer, a diehard Kiss fan and former member of premier tribute band Cold Gin. So he was in a tribute band for Kiss. He's a diehard fan. He opened for Kiss on a tour and he played on some session tracks. I mean, this is the guy, right? Over time, with Thayer's coaching, Chris was able to recapture at least some of his former glory and play an adequate level on the Kiss reunion tour. Uh, without Tommy Thayer, Kevin Valentine plays drums under the stage with Chris smiling and waving if Kiss keeps him around at all. That is fucking insane to me. That is insane to me. What's up? We got Tabletop Bob's in the house. He says, this is old news, right? The original lineup uh, did not join at Madison Square Garden. I'm just coming into this. Apologies if I'm missing the beginning of the article. Well, this is about, this is about, um, particularly, this is about, uh, Tommy, why Tommy Thayer is so important to Kiss, the reunion era of Kiss, right? And Jody Ramone here says, Tabletop, yes, the band played their final show last night at Madison Square Garden, right? Um, That's very interesting. So a spaceman prepares for takeoff. Man, this could be its own documentary. I would watch the shit out of this. It soon became apparent that Peter Chris wasn't the only one who needed help. Ace Frehley's substance abuse issues through the 70s, 80s, and 90s have been well documented. And if any fans think that Freely came into the reunion clean and sober, they are sadly mistaken. Freely has been clean since 2006, but in 1996, his various addictions were a genuine issue for Kiss. Sure, Freely could still play, but his substance abuse left him sloppy and unable to recall many of the parts that he had written. While Freely was nowhere near as far gone as Chris, he certainly was going to need help to reclaim his mojo. Who do you think Stanley and Simmons called to assist the spaceman? If you guess Tommy Thayer, then it looks like you're finally beginning to catch on. So Tommy Thayer ends up becoming a glue. Wow, this is 
changing my whole opinion of Tommy Thayer. It's blowing my mind. It's absolutely blowing my mind. Um, Thayer worked tirelessly with Freely to assist him in remembering the way he had both written and played his original Kiss parts. More so, he worked with the band as a whole to recapture the way they played their older material in the Alive era. The results were staggering, and to Freely's credit, he played wonderfully during the reunion era, and despite his issues with some guidance from Thayer, his talent took over. So really, you know, if this is to be believed, it sounds like Ace actually owes a great debt of gratitude or should be indebted to Thayer for what he did in helping to bring the original band. And Thayer, who probably wanted to be Ace the whole fucking time, is like, I'm such a fucking fan that, like, I'm going to put all my ambitions aside. He was probably so thirsty for that spot and just waiting for something. Who knows? Who knows, man? It just sounds like Thayer is just a fucking diehard fan who just got literally got had his dream come true. I can I can really appreciate that, and I actually have a newfound respect for Thayer. See, I'm I'm being my opinion is being changed all the time during this show that we are doing tonight. Um, that is really interesting. Uh, so despite some issues with some guidance from Thayer, his town took over. While he couldn't help freely from a personal standpoint or make him any less volatile, Thayer took Spaceman from a liability on stage to an asset. And of course it was an asset because they were making millions of dollars on having that original lineup, right? Um, Psycho Circuit. Okay, so this I do know. Psycho Circuits was a, a huge snafu. It's the last time that the original lineup of Kiss would ever record together. Uh, they only are all featured on one track, if I recall, and the rest are session musicians. Maybe even Thayer is playing. I don't know. Um, from a financial standpoint, Kiss's reunion tour was one of, if not the biggest concert draws of 96 to 97, and by all accounts, the vibe was great to start. But reportedly, by the end of the jaunt, old habits and grievances began to seep in, and the seeds of discord were then sown. Despite this, Simmons and Stanley decided to carry on with the Chris and Free Freely with Chris and Freely and announced that the foursome would cut a record. Kisses first with all four original members since the late 70s. Alas, as the sessions began, everything, and I mean everything, fell apart. Both Chris and Freely demanded more money and more credit. They wanted more a more significant piece of the pie. Half to be exact. Now, I just want to jump in real quick because I do know this is where I can I can interject. They they came back as hired guns. That's what happened. They left the band. Gene and Paul owned the band outright because those guys left the band. And when they came back, they came back and they were getting paid per show. Freely was getting more money than Peter was. Peter didn't know that Ace was getting more money than Peter, and he was fucking pissed later when he found out about it. But the two of them were sowing dissent in each other because they were resentful of the fact that, you know, Gene and, and Paul had just continued on with the band, and they had busted and scraped and gotten to a place where Kiss was what it was. It was an institution, continued to be an institution. But it didn't continue to be an institution just because of Ace and, and Peter, who were always fan favorites, man. That I know. I mean, everybody loves Beth. And I think Paul Stanley was kind of a hater, right? He was a bit of a hater on on Peter for, uh, you know, always trying to diminish his credit for, for writing Beth. 
saying that he had a, a ghostwriter for Beth, and obviously the resentment towards Ace and his you know great guitar playing. It, it can't be denied that he was an incredible guitar player, right? So that's interesting too. Um, so they wanted half the pie. Uh, with an album to record and contractual obligations to meet, Stanley and Simmons were given no choice but to push on, and they did. Thayer would go on to play lead. Okay, so Thayer did get selected. Thayer would go on to play lead guitar on nearly the entirety of Psycho Circus, which I'm sure he did not object to. I'm sure he was very stoked about that. The only exception being Freely's Into the Void, which was recorded late in the game. Psycho Circus is a polarizing album amongst fans, but there's no denying it's a top-tier classic. The guitar work is sublime and some of the best of Tommy Thayer's career. The album doesn't happen without Thayer, and the reunion era probably comes to a dead stop right then and there, thus ending Kiss. Uh, is this a bold statement? Buckle up. I'm not done. All right, so there's more to it. This is fucking fast. I was not intending for this, but this is friggin' this is fascinating to me. A reunion breeds a sad farewell. Kistory dictates the rest of the reunion story, which only rolled downhill at a disastrous rate from 1998 onward. Psycho Circus's supporting tour was fine at face value, but Chris' uh, physical and mental state was badly deteriorating. As for Freely, his, pl his playing remained first rate, but he appeared disinterested and was increasingly unreliable offstage. Couple that with the duo's volatile nature and daily mood swings. I mean, this is, this is, uh, listen, one thing's for certain. The piece we are reading right now has a bias against both Ace and Peter, okay? And the truth is, like, you know, the, the, these, this fandom and, and this feud loves to have a, a villain side and a hero side. And the reality is, is I don't think any which side is hero or villain. Everybody is just is, right? Everybody is, and that's what it is, right? So, um, so coupled with the duo's volatile nature and daily mood swings and Simmons and Stanley had a set of problems, uh, blah, and that Simmons and Stanley had a set of problems on their hands. Bob says, you can tell how much Gene and Paul hated Peter and Ace. There's a famous interview where Ace can barely speak. He was so off. Right. That's from the Tomorrow Show, I believe. Right, Bob? And that's from the Tomorrow Show uh, in 1981. That was right before Ace left the band. He was, like, drunk all the time. And he's, like, f like uh, uh, giggling incessantly. And, and Gene is, like, razor serious and super friggin' annoyed. Uh, with what's going on with seemingly no other option, a tired Simmons. Yeah, this is just like totally like bend. The bend is totally on Simmons and Stanley's side. Uh, a tired Simmons and Stanley decided to launch uh, the kiss farewell tour in 2000. So this is really what we're really learning is the history as well of not only just the reunion, but the farewell tour. So they went from re reuniting to uh, faring, faring well or fare thee well in 2000. Uh, although before it was sort of retroactively uh, recontextualized as a farewell to the original lineup, which is technically it was. As the tour wore on, interpersonal relationships grew increasingly worse with Thayer prepared to suit up and take the stage in place of free, freely on a nightly basis. Could you imagine 
being a ginormous Kiss fan, you are the band's fixer. You are the reason why the reunion, the reunion shows have gone off. And now Gene and Paul, your two fucking idols, heroes, whatever, they're basically like, you need to be on standby to be the spaceman at any moment if Ace just like loses it. I mean, that that's gotta what a what a heavy situation, man. What a heavy sort of situation. Um as the tour wore on, he prepared okay, towards the end of the tour. Peter Chris threw a tantrum and quit the band after destroying his drum kit at the end of a show in South Carolina. Why? He found out that Freely was making more money than him. Remember what I said? Freely was making like 50 grand per show. And I think Peter was making 30 and he was fucking pissed about that. Ouch. As Kiss fans will remember, the tour limped to the finish line, thus ending the reunion and potentially ending the band. During this period, Thayer showed his mettle and proved a stabilizing force during a depressing era in history. So if you are a fan of Kiss, and to you, the entire history of Kiss is all valid, like every era of Kiss is valid. You're not just one of those purists who just loves the original lineup of Kiss or whatever. Like you accept every single iteration of Kiss, then this period is friggin crucial and Thayer is a savior if you are a fan of the original lineup then this is this is all this is all direct to you on some level right i don't have a horse in this race because i'm not you know i'm not a really a kiss fan i'm like kind of a casual whatever as i'm as as i'm discussing this right now so during this period thayer showed his metal and proved a stabilizing force during a depressing era in history I guess that's what KISS fans call it, is history, right? With Freely's commitment wavering and his reliability in question, Thayer presented an alternative for Simmons and Stanley, opening the door for what was to come. Wow, this is absolutely fascinating. KISS is reborn with Thayer on guitar. These days, Tommy Thayer gets an awful lot of hate for wearing Ace Freely's Spaceman makeup, but I always ask fans what they might have done given the same chance. That's also a good point. Uh, Thayer's first official show as Kiss's lead guitarist was in 2003. So he's been in the band for 20 years and he has maintained the role brilliantly ever since. I don't know if everybody would agree with that, but okay. For those keeping score, Thayer is Kiss's longest serving lead guitarist in the last 20 years. Kiss has played some of the greatest stages of its career in no small part due to the efforts of there. Okay. I'm going to say something and I, it's going to be con not controversial, but this is like saying, this is like saying that Des love you, Des love you, Des to no end. This is like saying that Des is the longest uh, serving guitar player in the misfits. Like I, it's just not, you cannot make that, you cannot make that sort of statement in that kind of way. Right. Like that is, that's a weird thing. That is like a weird sort of thing. Like, sure. The, 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 the unvolatile, easygoing, you know, um, uh, ax man that can just sort of, uh, uh, conform to whatever the boss needs. Of course, they're going to be there for 20 drama free years, but you know, is that the stuff that is that the stuff that everybody, you know, knows them, knows the band and loves them for? Like, no, like 
Nobody thinks of the Devil's Reign when they think of the Misfits. They think of, you know, Earth AD and Walk Among Us. Nobody thinks of Monster or Psycho Circus, I think. They think of, like, you know, those classic records, those, those, especially in, like, circa 75 to 79 for Kiss, right? Um, or, like, Ra yeah, exactly. Ra we were talking about Metallica earlier, Bob. Um he is he is beloved but you know it's funny i was saying uh, just not to re rehash everything but i was saying this earlier if if um if lars or james if rob left metallica or if keith uh not keith um what's his face uh kirk left metallica or even lars left metallica they probably would still go on as metallica if james is is the irreplaceable linchpin of metallica Without James, they cannot be Metallica. I think they would find a way to be Metallica without any one of those guys. But 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 James is like the the centerpiece, um, <laughs> right? You think of Dead Alive when you think of the Misfits, exactly, precisely. Um, so that's like a weird thing to say that he's the longest tenured. You know, like so what? You know, I I don't know, man. That's like a weird. That's a weird reasoning. I still have great respect for Tommy after reading this. But that's like weird. That's a weird thing to say. If Thayer didn't assume the spaceman role in 2003, Kiss would have quietly died in the wake of the farewell tour. Instead, that tour was a farewell to Chris and Freely, and the rebirth of Kiss as a viable entity. Right, and that's what Gene and Paul love to, you know, um, that's how they like the history to be. Uh, in the ensuing years, a genuine brotherhood has formed on and off stage, and for those who have witnessed Kiss perform. This lineup's chemistry is undeniable. Sure, he's playing a lot of the licks that free load. I think that's the one of the big controversies that Thayer is just aping the stuff that Ace Ace does. But you know, if you understand the guitar and can differentiate their styles, one can hear Thayer's playing is far different from Freely's. This is especially apparent if you've seen Freely live lately. I would also say that Thayer is quite clearly one of his biggest influences, probably Ace. So of course they're playing is going to have similar DNA. Like that makes sense. Uh, I have all the love in the world for Ace, but his sloppy approach rings clattering against his guitar strings and buzzing feedback present as, as, uh, as a far cry from Thayer's clean toned and blue inspired licks. Freely has a vibretto unlike any other and a style that has inspired millions, but Thayer is a hero in his own right. And at this juncture, he's playing the Kiss's classic tunes better than Freely is. Oof. Wow. That is that is something. Stop hating and start loving Tommy Thayer. Um, I will never understand why so much hate is thrown in the way of the six-string hero that saved Kiss, Tommy Thayer. Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley created Kiss 50 years ago, along with Peter Chris and Ace Freely. That will always be the band's humble origin story, but that doesn't mean Kiss should be forced to relegate themselves to hell on earth to keep something together that doesn't work. I, you know, that opens up the conversation about what makes a band a band and when does a, st a band stop being a band. And in the case of Kiss, they have these masks that they can put on people to try and keep the continuity more seamless, but it still doesn't exclude them from that conversation at all. In in the least, right? Uh, no, Simmons and Stanley chose an avenue that allowed them to uh, continue the Kiss Kiss's legacy and choose a guitarist 
who could help accomplish that on a personal, creative, and professional level. Tommy Thayer. That doesn't make Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley greedy. It makes them intelligent business people and shows the pride that they harbor for what they've created. I can't deny that either. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, everybody, like, there's no, there's no, like, overwhelmingly right or wrong opinion in this, in this conversation at all. Like, none whatsoever. Like, they're both, it, it, it it's, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Um, I, I firmly believe that if any of you were presented with the same choice, you'd have done the same. Probably. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't. Professional, talented, loyal, creative. Yes. Okay. Uh, Tommy Thayer is all of these things and more. Wow. This guy is just a, loves Tommy Thayer. Uh, and you'd think after 20 years of service, the Kiss Army would send some of that love back Thayer's way. Right? Wrong. No, it's always the same short-sighted myopic hate. It's always the same tired diatribe about original members and musical integrity as if hiding and hating behind a keyboard shows any integrity at all. I mean, but that is like, it's an eternal debate because musical integrity and original members are so essential to a band being a band, right? Here's the deal. Kiss fans. Tommy Thayer wasn't planning on being in kiss. I, I, that I don't believe he never asked and he had no entitlement based expect expectations upon entry. That I believe, but I never, I refuse to believe that Tommy Thayer wasn't planning on being kissed. I'm sure he was circling that spot and it eventually landed on him and he was not complaining. I, I get it. Rightfully so. Uh, no, he was given the opportunity of a lifetime and he took it and ran with it. Yeah. God bless. Over two decades, Thayer's hard work has kept Kiss's wheels greased. Simmons and Stanley only ever wanted bandmates who would share their commitment to excellence, something Ace couldn't do. I will agree that, you know, apart from like the exploitative nature of Stanley and Simmons and their marketing approach, like they did have a commitment to some, they, maybe they didn't have a commitment to necessarily what, what we would consider excellence, but they had a commitment to like, you know, uh, a certain standard in work ethic, right? That cannot be denied, you know? Um, and what about Ace? Ace walked away from Kiss in 2002, just as he did in 1982. In the ensuing years, he's regretted. He's regretted it. That's obvious on many levels. And if you don't see that, then you're probably not paying attention. You know why I I'm not sure that he totally regretted it? Because if he really, truly wanted back in, they would let him in. They would. They would let him in in a, in a limited capacity. Ace would be making money on the shows. But the reality is, is they license, he licensed the makeup to those guys and he makes money on the side anyway. Ace has been paid well for that makeup, right? Um, For 20 years, Freely has watched from afar, witnessing Kiss from the ashes to dominate the world again. More so, Ace watched Tommy do all that he used to do and more. I love Ace, but it's painfully apparent that Kiss didn't need him then and they don't need him now. That I disagree with. I don't think you can say that about Ace and what his contributions were to the band. And even Paul, you hear it in, in Paul and Gene interviews all the time, acknowledge Ace's contribution. It's just the, just the fact that they don't want to work with him. Uh, Kiss needed Tommy Thayer, and that's why, despite uh, Ace's public calls, to rejoin and reclaim his role, he's quietly denied. He is, he's quietly denied. 
Tommy Thayer has shown loyalty. Yeah, right. We know. We know. We, we know you love Tommy, and you're just going to keep talking about his loyalty and showmanship and reliability. As such, Kiss's commitment to Tommy Thayer is unwavering. Haters and Fairweather fans should take a lesson. Now, what kind of partnership do you think Tommy Thayer? You think he's just still a hired gun? Do you think he has a junior equity in Kiss? Like uh, Paul and uh, Paul and Gene are never going to give up the their majority stakes in kiss. But do you think that Tommy has a few points on the back end that he gets some sort of what kind of deal he gets? I, I would imagine something. I mean that this lineup was together for nearly 20 years now on its end of the road world tour. Kiss remains the hottest band in the land and puts on the greatest shows on earth. I don't know about that, but it's definitely an, it's definitely a fun, interesting show. Tommy Thayer's presence over the long haul has given Kiss something once again, uh, sorry, given Kiss something once thought impossible, the chance to reclaim the lost glory and bow out on their terms. Uh, while he's a legend, that's a hell of a lot more than Ace Freely. Love him as I do, uh, was willing to give. Sorry, I like read that really, really, really bad. For those reasons and more, I'd wager that Tommy Thayer saved Kiss. Very, in, very interesting hot take. And then we could dive into the comments. I'm not going to. There's just so many. Actually, there's not that many, but I don't know if they're, yeah, whatever. Um, Ravner says, Tommy Thayer is a well-paid sideman. Billy says, no matter what side you're on, as an artist side of it, Gene and Paul still gave Ace and Peter another opportunity to return. And that's all tr a true artist is looking for is nothing more than opportunity. That is, Billy, you're, you are right about that as well. All right, guys, that, that brings us to the end of the show. Way longer than I intended to have it, but uh, we had to tackle that last piece because I just I had too many unanswered questions, and now my, my questions are, are better answered um, by reading that about like what Tommy's relationship is to... Uh, those kiss guys and it sounds like he's truly is uh, invaluable so i hope you enjoyed tonight's show peace hair grease make sure you check out uh riot stickers we got another episode of john christ coming up soon um we got the secret shows coming up soon i'm working on uh this feature length documentary no it's not the misfits thing it's a different thing um I, it's going to be on my youtube channel eventually i'm trying to see what else i can do with it uh, if you're a Patreon or a YouTube member, you will be able to watch it soon. It's a deeply personal story to me. It's about my life, um, trying to make movies and stuff. Uh, it, it tells a very interesting kind of story from from uh, oh, an interesting perspective. You might appreciate it. So, all right. With all that, goodbye. Uh, see you next time. Peace. Hair grease. Bye-bye.